Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo as always joined by joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go into the breach on the veritas catholic radio network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial serving the new york metropolitan area spreading the truth of the catholic faith uh also please be sure to download the veritas catholic radio network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content and if you don't mind follow joe and i on social media we're trying to direct people to our website to get rid of youtube and the rest of it which we're stuck with right now but having said all that uh thefrontlinetv.com thefrontlinetv.com you'll get a lot of um great content there that we put out and today we are very pleased and very honored to be joined by two authors two two returning guests to the show we have frank moore and we have dan Leroy. um some of you most of you hopefully out there have listened to our um our interviews with them but if you have not i will give them a quick bio frank moore is a retired uh fired uh, excuse me firefighter in New York City, uh, born and raised in the Bronx, New York. Moore earned a Bachelor's of, Sh of Science in Business Administration from Manhattan College. And after working in banking for nearly six years in Midtown Manhattan, he left the business world to become a firefighter and has never looked back. Eventually promoted to lieutenant, he was assigned to Division Six, covering the South Bronx and Harlem. Moore has written and spoken of his experiences, 9-11, and his passion for God and country since retiring from the New York City Fire Department. He's done graduate-level work in religious studies at St. Joseph's Seminary in Yonkers and is a fellow of the Acton Institute in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dan Leroy is an author, journalist, and teacher who has been the director of the writing and publishing department at Lincoln Park Performing Arts Charter School in Midland, Pennsylvania since 2006. His writing about music and politics has appeared in the New York Times, Rolling Stone, Newsweek, The Village Voice, Alternative Press, Esquire, and the National Review Online. Dan Leroy, Frank Moore, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe, brothers. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you both for having us back. Cool, Joe, handing it over to you. Prayer? Um, so that the Holy Spirit guides us, because all good things start with the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, the, the subject for today is obviously modern patriots, the fight for freedom. We got two modern patriots right here. And if you don't believe us, read their books. Read their books. Um, I wanted to start the conversation off uh, because this is an event that just took place in New York City. We had two cops that got shot down. One was 27, one was 22. Uh, Jason Rivera, his funeral was recently at St. Pat's and his widow, who also was a young kid, recently uh, eulogized him. And she made a lot of strong statements. Um, and I think people should listen to it. And this is what she said that caught my eye. And I want to throw it to both Frank and to Dan, because um, I think it'll set the tone for the theme today. She said this, she said, the system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. How is that possible in America? How is that possible? I don't get it. And it's it saddens us and it should sadden all of us. With that said, I want to throw it over to Frank because clearly he worked uh, he worked for the uh, FDNY. He was there during 9-11. He's been to a lot of funerals like that. And then I want to hear Dan's comments on it because Dan wrote a great book about Catholic patriots, about this country. He has a great insight into basically the founders and what this country is all about and should be. But first, Frank, what were your thoughts? I'm sure you saw the coverage on the funeral. 
Well, I'm looking at, we're living in a different time. Uh, when I was started New York City Fire Department, New York City was had its dangers. It's always had its dangers. It's a big city. Uh, but people recognize the difference between good and evil. They recognize the need for order in the system. And so the police were looked up. I have a, a history in my family of New York City police. My grandfather and three of my uncles were New York City police. I was the first firefighter um, in the family. So I, I'm just looking at today, and I think that uh, we've separated ourselves from from uh, Catholic thought, Christian thought um, in this society. And that's what's uh, the failure right now, because order and God are, they're linked. And uh, to even suggest that we're going to do anything, defund the police or, or threaten that order is the threat that uh, we're facing right now, because uh, the outrage it shouldn't have to be expressed by the widow. The outrage should be all across America, and you don't see that in the public face. I couldn't agree more. Dan, what do you think about it? I would just I would echo that by, by picking up on something that Frank just said, which is about the system itself and the way that it is linked to our faith. You know, the founders recognized from very early on, from George Washington down, that the, the kind of system that we were setting up is a system that was dependent upon adherence to these Judeo-Christian principles that I'm sure we're going to be talking about today. Uncoupled from those principles, the system doesn't work anymore. So when we talk about the system failing us, we're talking about what Frank just said, the uncoupling of the system from these principles that have animated it from the beginning. And it's probably been uncoupled for a while, but it's only recently, I think, that we've really started to understand the magnitude of what that means when the system and the principles become separated. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really the, the, the big thing is, is that you, you listen to a lot of, let's call it the way it is, guys. Dan LaRoy and Frank Moore joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. It's the left. Now, the right's got its problems, and we as Catholic men can point out those problems. I think that they're wrong on many issues, but they're not insane, okay? These people are insane, and in many cases, let's let's call it the way it is. It's evil, okay? And the, and the, le and the left wants to always say, when guys like us, when we say things like, no, 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 when we quote Benjamin Franklin and John Adams and we talk about what you guys just said, we need virtue, or else the system doesn't work. Oh, that's just that's just your you know your your right wing tropes that you throw. No, no, it's actually true because if you think that we're living in an ordered society right now, I don't know. Men could be women, women could be men. That just that alone tells you that there's there's a detachment from the logos. Okay, and that's a problem. Let's talk about root causes, guys. Obviously, Joe and I were kids um, when Vietnam happened, and and you know afterwards, um, and it brought a lot of anti-American sentiment now so so now today now we have another anti-american sentiment which is basically from the same group of people just you know in different forms um let's talk about this new face this this anti-patriotic american um and what your view is the root cause of it dan i'll throw it over to you and then frank we'd love your comments okay, well I'll I do this, and maybe it's because I'm a teacher and I'm inclined this way because of the profession. I'm going to give the very young people a break here, and I'm going to say that the face of this new anti-Americanism is first and foremost the face of people who are uneducated, who are in a lot of cases victims of our terrible public education system and who've never learned any of the stuff that we're gonna be talking about here today. And for that, I gotta say, that's, that's my generation. My generation has failed these young people in a lot of ways. And part of the reason goes back to that first question. My generation is a generation that saw the uncoupling of the system and the principles that animate it. And they said, ah, you know what? It's okay. It'll be fine. It'll work. It doesn't work. And the young people today are the really, uh, in a lot of ways, the first generation who are, are living through the complete decoupling of system and principles. They don't know any better. That's not to let them off the hook. Uh, you, you 
as an adult, have the responsibility to know better. But in a lot of ways, these are young people whose anti-Americanism is just a reflection of the fact that they don't really know anything about anything. And that is my generation's job. And, and we didn't do a great job. I got to say it. Frank, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, that's, uh, I can't agree with Dan Moore. I think uh, our, our generation actually did drop the ball. Um, you know, you, you, I look back at a speech that John F. Kennedy gave at the Waldorf Astoria. It was called The President in the Press. And he said, he goes, what use is it for us to preserve our, our nation and not preserve our traditions uh, or, or lose our traditions in the process? Um, and, you know, the 1960s it began with his assassination. And I think that we can see, you know, I was a boy then, uh, the 1960s kind of unravel American culture. But when we talk about the face of this new anti-Americanism, it's the same as that old face, because it's really a satanic face. It's it's a face of evil. And, um, you know, I've talked a little bit about 9-11, but, you know, that that it's just, the motivation is no different. And um, the, it, the, when we talk about the uncoupling from Christian principles and all of these things, this is so clearly what we were founded on and uh, you know obviously I, you know i wrote about it in my book the examples of those christian principles being part and parcel to what america is um i guess the, the best way to look at it is you know you follow those principles and you become an exceptional society but but not uncoupled from this idea that god is also participating and so it's it's a twofold thing where you know you you follow truth and you prosper and god is also uh he's he, he can be relied on and he did participate in america and that's exactly what the founders talked about i think I, i'm going to hand it over to joe we want to keep the conversation moving i just want to follow it up with just saying um i don't need it, look as catholic men we want to we want to evangelize people we want people to go to heaven we don't just want to have a great society and it can be a great society we want people to go to heaven but even even a, a sane atheist or a secularist, okay, even they would agree, society doesn't function without limits. And right now, what what's being proposed, this satanic proposal, Frank, as you, you aptly described, um, they want a society without limits. And it just, one more time, doesn't work. Joe R., where are we headed? Well, I want to talk about the summer of 2020, because clearly there was a lot of violence. I think 17 people uh, were killed. Uh, many of them were black. Uh, many of them were poor. A lot of businesses burned down. And the thing that struck me about that was good people didn't take a stand. Now, you talk about the founders. They risked everything, everything. They would have been hung, but they took a stand, and we rolled over as a society. Now, I'm not talking about going into the streets. I'm talking about basics, like the governor not allowing a police station to be burned to the ground. Do I even have to say that? But yet it was permitted. It was permitted. And I wanna just throw this first to Dan. Benjamin Franklin made this statement because I think it's very apropos to what I just said. He said this, he made this statement um, at the Pennsylvania assembly in reply to the governor in November 11th in 1755, he said this, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty or safety. Now, Dan, that's what happened in the summer of 2020. Clearly, that's what happened. We're failing. Please comment on it. Well, that's what happened in the summer of 2020, but it started before the summer of 2020, and it certainly continued uh, right up until right now, uh, this idea that you can sacrifice liberty uh, uh, to whatever degree to be safe. And, and you know, I don't want to derail things by taking it into the, uh, uh, the topic of the pandemic necessarily, but certainly we see a lot of the same ideas there. And the thing that I think has, uh, well, there's two things I'll say. First of all, the idea, the lesson of the summer of 2020, that if you get a bunch of people together and you yell loud enough and you're angry enough and you do enough destruction that you're going to get what you want, uh, you know, anybody who 
casually observes what happened in the summer 2020, we have to say, well, it seems like that works. And that lesson going forward is a bad lesson on both the left and the right. And it's something that has to be resisted. As far as giving up liberty to get safety, I, I don't think we know yet where this is going to end, but we're certainly moving toward a, a situation where you're going to take this and it's going to have all your information and you're going to have to present it wherever. And right now that's because of the pandemic. What will it be when the pandemic eventually recedes? It will recede. But when we set up government programs, one thing we know for sure is government's never been good at saying, well, guys, we did it. Mission accomplished. Let's fold up a tent and go home. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't There's happening. Another use for this stuff. And I think we should all probably wonder and worry about what that use is going to be. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Basillo and Joe Rasinello. And we are way in the breach with Frank Moore and Dan Leroy. Frank, your thoughts on Benjamin Franklin, liberty and security. Uh, I, I love that quote. Uh, obviously, I used it. So um, I think about freedom, all right? And you think about uh, the American Revolution. Right? That's where we we can begin with this struggle. And you think about the War of 1812 and then the Civil War and, and so on. Um, people shed their blood so that we could be free. Uh, freedom comes with a cost. Those people paid that price. But that price, it's, it doesn't live in perpetuity. It doesn't mean that you know they bought freedom and therefore we just have it forever. So the commitment for this freedom that we have and enjoy is on all of us to the very same degree that these people committed to it. And that's, that's what we've lost today. That's what happens when you separate yourself from Christian principles, or may I say Catholic principles, because in the end, we all uh, are shooting for a heavenly goal, an eternal goal. It's not about safety here on Earth. And, um, you know, it, it, we were talking a little bit about the 1960s and uh, the ushering in of this uh, new thought. And that you can almost take a look at the U.S. government and say that that was the moment when that the, the separation began. It, was, it became obvious. I think prior to that, like if you think about Thomas Jefferson, George, these people, the government and the people were one, right? We, you know, government of the people, by the people, for the people, as Abraham Lincoln said, that we were the government. And then we saw this thing, uh, it, it just kind of just took off in the 60s where the government became the enemy. And we, you know, if you look at human nature, I think that that's one thing that Christianity gives you. It gives you a hard look at good and evil within us. And uh, that's that's what happens. Uh, I, I trying to make the point that um, we've become separated from from uh, this reality of what our nature is. Right. So when you broadcast, let's say, in the Vietnam era, images of horrible things. Right. There's, a, you know, an EMS worker, right? Some people are not cut out for that work because they can't handle the sight of blood. These things are very cleverly played out in society to to change the perspective uh, of, of just how American citizens look at their country. Yeah. 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 I think I, I mean, I think you hit it on the head because to be truthful with you, it's very clear that the people are no longer part of the small group that rule us. I mean, let's be honest. I, I've said this even way before, uh, you know, basically Biden and Trump I, way before. It's almost like an oligarchy. I mean, like you have powerful people. They want your vote and then they forget about it. Like 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 the regular guy gets crushed. We're watching this, you know, to talk about what Dan brought up with the pandemic. I mean, you're watching regular people getting crushed, businesses folding up. I mean, I use the example of the homeschooling all the time. You're going to tell me a poor kid in the Bronx, family, busting their butt, parents working hard, grandma watching their, the, the kids. You think they have four laptops doing homeschooling, all four of them? Grandma may only speak Spanish. You think they're catching up like what they're falling behind. Meanwhile, people like me, I'm part of the laptop class. Everybody's fine. That's what's going on now. 
And the other problem with Joe Racinello is too is is and and we we want to get into this because uh, pe people, I think this the, the the enemy. Let's call it the way it is. Whoever whoever that enemy might be, okay. But we know who it is. It's the it's the forces of anti logos. Let's put it like that: anti order, anti virtue, anti morality, anti God. Okay, we know exactly where they're coming from. Um, you want to know what scares them more than anything? They think that these guys wearing these 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 black outfits walking down the street looking to bust some heads with bricks or whatever the case might be. You know what scares the crap out of them more than anything else? Four guys like us praying to our blessed mother before we have this conversation. That's their fear. Let's be clear. These idiots would have no political power if it was if this country had men, not because we're so so, so the paragons of virtue, but we stand up. We get, we get up off our butts and do something about it and open our mouth and you can't hit you can't beat us over the head and threaten us with cancel culture. That's what scares the crap out of. Why? Because we know the difference between right and wrong. In other words, we don't we don't detach ourselves from reality and we have hope. And I want to talk about hope for a second. This generation seems hopeless. They put their hope in politics. Okay, they think that's going to do something. They put their hope in the state. They think that's going to do something. They need to put their hope in God. Because why? Because life is all grand after that? No, but it enables us to get through the drudgery of life. And I think that's what's lacking in this modern generation. Frank, to you first, then to Dan, please. All right. I like where you, I like where you went with that because one of the things I did want to bring up, and I have a, a picture of it right behind my head, is the Declaration of Independence. So if you really want to know what America is, we don't need to look at and argue over the Constitution. Lots of free nations have had a Constitution, and uh, the undoing of the free society is something that is built into human beings. That's our, our corrupt nature, is something that, uh, absent of, of Christian thought, we start to lose sight of, and we think that we, we just are going to solve problems without realizing where the root of them comes from. So, you know, when you think about all men are created equal, we have to first think about who that creator is. And then we have, then we get come up with a true image of what equality is, not this false image of equality that we're looking at today, where it's an equality of outcomes, right? Equality is something that's defined by God. And, and right away, we know that uh, we're not all blessed with the same skills, right? Albert Einstein, I, I'm just not his intellectual equal. So why did God allow that to happen? Right? He doesn't give out equally, but in the parable of the talents, we talk about the uh, one that was given five talents, the one that's given uh, one talent. Uh, you know, God gives out, and uh, his viewpoint of us and what he expects from us is much different than what we're looking at uh, in equality. And I, that's, that comes from a detachment from, from real Christian truth. And so when you, when, you, uh, when you look at Christian truth as it's been revealed to us, and that re revelation comes from Christ himself— that Christian truth actually uh, allows you to see very clearly what, what it is your foe is. Absolutely. We say it all the time on the front line with Joe and Joe. One of the things about the grace of the sacraments, the, holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, your eyes are wide open. That's why I said to you what makes these people fear, or the thing that these people fear is for guys like us praying to our Blessed Mother. We do that because our eyes are wide open. We see reality for what it is. They want to throw all this uh, detachment from reality. Let's call it the fog of this culture war. That's what they throw out there, okay? And they, they that and they that's what the, that's what worries them. That's why when guys like us talk the way we're talking, that's why they start and they get vitriolic and they start to attack and they start to attack. Dan Leroy, what's your comments on that? I want to go back to uh, the G word. For a second, uh, government. And I want to see if I can tie together a couple of these things because uh, something Frank just mentioned about the idea of government and how it's changed. You know, government today in a lot of ways exists for one purpose, and that is to liberate the individual, to do whatever the individual wants to do. And the government exists also to hollow out this bit in the middle the little platoons of Edmund Burke, family, the church, the community. And what we have at either side is the individual and government, and government exists so that the individual can be liberated from any of the demands that those groups in the middle uh, would impose, any of the limits, if you want to use that word that we, we used earlier. One reason that young people are hopeless is because they don't see any way that they're going to be able to start a family 
to be married, to have kids, to own a home. And I don't think that all our solutions are political. In fact, I think most of them cannot be political. But I do think there is a role for government and for government not just to say, hey, listen, you can do whatever you want and we're going to defend you all the way. And if you want to do something that contravenes reality, great, we're here to liberate you. Government, if it applies its power to those little platoons in the middle, if it makes it easier for young people to be married, to start a family, to own a home, that's lining up with these virtues that we're talking about. That's government doing what it set out to do at the beginning, which is kind of upholding, reinforcing order, instead of just liberating the individual to follow their own desires wherever they might lead. That's the proper role of government. And I think in our current moment, there's a role for government and for Republican legislators, although it could be across the aisle, but there's a, there is a chance for Republicans to stick up for the little guy that we were just mentioning, the little guy who's getting crushed. There's an opportunity here. If government takes it, will it? I doubt it. But it's the something to hope for and pray for. I'm, I'm going to kick it over to Joe, but here's the, this is where you got to get into the right, okay? The right needs to redefine itself. You mentioned individual. We got We are individuals. We all are individuals in the sight of God. Okay, and every one of us is going to be judged individually. But in this world, the best way it works is no. Government doesn't exist to protect. To, to let's say give the individual, as you said, Dan, this this license. We can't call it freedom. We know that it's not authentic freedom. Okay, the government exists to preserve, uh, to 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 nurture family life. That's what makes it. That's what made this country strong, and that's why we're weak right now because we've lost that um so and the right needs to detach itself from some of its sacred cows let's put it like that and we can talk about that more but we have a couple minutes uh joe what are your thoughts i know you want to start a question we're going to come on up on the break in a couple minutes but let's get another uh topic going well i want to talk about american exceptionalism this is something frank has written on extensively and frankly this is something i grew up with i came from a family of italian immigrants and we believe this in our home, basically that America was special. Basically, it was superior to other nations, both domestically and internationally. I grew up with that and I watched that from my grandfather who came at 16, didn't speak the language to my father who came from the city of Newark and bought a house in the suburbs to me getting a graduate degree. I've watched that. Young people don't believe in it anymore, Frank. They don't believe that. And that's a shame. And let's let's talk about that. Um, how do we change their mind? Frank, we got about a, we got a little over a minute, Frank, before the then break. We'll I'll give you a heads up. Go ahead. We'll pick it up on the other side. Well, I think the first thing that you need to to ask some of the young people is what they think American exceptionalism means. All right, because American exceptionalism is not, I mean, you know, we're all product of this uh, 20th and 21st century. And we look at, Amer you know, we can see America is powerful. We can see that America is, um, you know, wealthy. But these are just the fruits of exceptionalism. Where did the, where did the idea of American exceptionalism actually come from? Um, and, and again, turn you back to the Declaration of Independence. The, the Declaration of Independence uh, is is very clear about where the roots of our exceptionalism are. It comes from the creator. And when you acknowledge it, so we're the only nation that's actually uh, been founded on that premise that we are here with a mission to defend the individual's liberty. And so that is very different than other, other nations can agree but they weren't founded for that purpose. And so it's not a birthright, American exceptionalism. It's not a superiority. And we certainly can't claim superiority when we're looking at all of the different um, you know, immigrants that have come here and built this place. It's more of an understanding of where all of, uh, where all of our gifts come from. And really at the root of it is, is a, 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 an appreciation for God himself. So that's, you know, with the, before we go to the break, that is the beginning of an understanding of 
No, 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 excellent. Uh, and yeah, when we come back, Dan, we're going to want your comments on that. We're, we're having this fascinating and important conversation with Dan Leroy and Frank Moore at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. We are discussing modern patriots, the fight for freedom. Stick around. You don't want to miss the next half hour. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, and then Joe Resinello in the breach with Frank Moore and Dan Leroy. And we are having a great conversation. We're talking about modern patriots, the fight for freedom. Dan Leroy, let's give a uh, follow up on Frank's comments about American exceptionalism. I think, like uh, Dan, um, Frank brought out a very good point. That's not a that's not a statement of superiority. I think it's a statement of understanding of who we are, role of government, God participation in all of it. Talk about that a little bit, Dan Leroy. Uh, I will. Joe, I want to uh, bring that back to something that you just said, which I think is a really, really important distinction in this whole conversation, the difference between freedom and license. And if American exceptionalism is seen as only a defensive license, if American exceptionalism only means that I am free to pursue whatever kind of gender reassignment surgery I want to have, to buy as much cheap stuff made in a Chinese prison camp as I can possibly buy. If that's all it means, and to some people, I think that is all it means, it's pretty understandable why people would look at that idea uh, with doubt and skepticism. But I don't think that is what it means, as Frank was just pointing out before the break, if you go back to the founding, that's certainly none of those things are, are what American exceptionalism meant. Uh, and we have to understand this difference between freedom and license, and we have to be able to communicate that to young people, because I would say that the young people that we've been mentioning periodically throughout this conversation, I don't think they do understand it. I think they understand it as a license. And once again, the role of government is to protect my rights as an individual to do whatever I feel like doing. If that's your understanding of it, then the, the whole project is doomed to failure. Yeah, and that, that, that's the sad part about it. I will say this before I, we kick it over to Joe. Remember, we get our view of the current generation by what we see on CNN and MSNBC, uh, quite frankly, the trash that comes out of Hollywood. Um, obviously, they don't want to, they won't broadcast to secular progressives for life. These are kids who don't even believe in God that are standing right next to pro lifers because they're opposed to abortion because they're not insane. Okay, they're not they're not crazy people who are detached from reality. Okay, my point in saying that is I think there are some very hopeful signs. We just don't see it because they don't want us to see all these good kids out there. Uh, look at the March for Life recently. How many young people were there? So we do have to we have to remain hopeful for this current generation. I think it's important for us to lead by example. To have young men say, you want to know what? I don't want to be like that. You know half a man Hollywood star, okay? I want, I want, uh, you know, I want guys like Joe and Joe. I want guys like Dan Leroy. I want to follow guys like Frank Moore 
because these guys, they stand up. They have, you know, they have some stones and they put them on the table. Joe Rossinello, where do you want to go? I first will say, Joe, <clears throat> not many Catholic shows will say they have some stones. That's why I listen to this show, because I love it. I love it. Uh, let, listen, um, a lot of scholars say this. They say you can't legislate morality. Now, I'm not a scholar. I went to Harvard on the Hudson, and I say it too. You cannot legislate morality. We talked about this on the other segment. John Adams, he said, the system does not work unless we have moral people. We can't legislate morality, and I think that ties into what Dan was just talking about, and I'm going to kick it to him. He's talking about freedom and license. You understand that through morality. You learn that in your house by how your mother and father behaved. You learn that in your church, who teaches you how to behave, to be selfless as opposed to selfish. The family's breaking down. It's not being learned anymore. People have forgotten about God. That's why we don't understand that. There is no morality. It's about me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. And we all know the theme song of hell. It's I did it my way. That's the theme song of hell. Dan, please talk about that because I, I honestly, people, you see this, they're trying to legislate morality through the 1619 project, through all the nonsense that's in the media. It's not going to work. It, it won't work. And I keep coming back to that idea of, of three groups. And the first group is the individual. The second group are all the mediating institutions, the church the family, the community. The third group is the state, the government. And as long as we have things set up so that the individual can bypass the middle group and go straight to the state to get whatever they want, all of those institutions in the middle will be hollowed out. As you say, the family's breaking down. That's part of the breakdown of the family because we've made it easy for the individual to bypass the family, the church, the community all of those meeting, mediating institutions who, if I want to do whatever it is I want to do, will sometimes say, no, you can't do that. Nope. That is against family policy, church policy, community standards. You can't do these things. As long as I can do the end around them, that end around has really been in place. It's a it goes back, I think, a lot further than we, we want to admit, that end around uh, past Burke's little platoons. But as long as people see that as the answer, there is not much hope for us to generate these examples that Joe was just talking about in, in the middle. The examples of moderation, the examples of restraint, the examples that say, no, I shouldn't do this. Uh, it, it isn't right. Even though it's what I want to do, the, the group in the middle says no. And I gotta, I gotta go with that. Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you something. Frank Moore and Dan Leroy joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network. Frank Moore, when I first became politically minded, let's say I'm 54 years old, probably sometime in my early 20s. There's one notion that stayed with me that I, I learned, and I, and and just looking at just a superficial reading of history. Okay, you could see an assault on what Dan just mentioned all the intermediary institutions that stand between the individual and the raw power of the state. And I, I don't say the church in some uh, uh, amorphous way. The Catholic Church, let's be clear, because the Catholic Church is the instrument of Logos in history, and they know it, okay? The church, education system, the media, our economy, the government itself, okay? Um, all the intermediary institutions that are supposed to buffer us from the power of the state are what are being destroyed. And I knew that then. And if you don't see it, I mean, a blind man could see it. Let's let's be clear about it. Frank Moore, your thoughts on that? Wow, there's a lot there. I know, I know. Yeah, the, uh, you know I'll go back quickly to something that Dan was talking about. And, uh, you know, we're talking a lot about the youth. And uh, a lot of the terms that we, we think that we can use uh, jointly, you know, families, so that we can, you know, bridge the, the generation gaps, they've been changed, they've been altered, so that we're not even talking the same language. And I think that when we're talking about youth, I don't want to use the word hopeless. I don't think the youth are hopeless. I think what they have is a very healthy skepticism. And I think when you try to present a lie to them over and over and over again, I think they reject it. 
And so a lot of the rejection that we see from youth is looking at it and saying, hey, what you're presenting to me is false. So um, what was the other thing that you were, you were bringing into it? The, the, the assault on the intermediary institutions, that really is the goal of the Marxists. Obviously, they want nothing other than the individual in the state, and we see that in places like communist China. We see that in every communist regime. Why are we allowing this destruction of our institutions that preserve our liberty, authentic liberty and authentic freedom? Why are we allowing it when we know that these institutions are necessary for a civil society? Uh, realize that that you know those things have been infiltrated. You know, you look at the uh, um, you know the the big fervor against uh, communism back in the fifties with the McCarthy era. Um, you know, McCarthy didn't just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to convene the entire Senate. We're going to go on a witch hunt. That's, you know, that's the way they want to present it today. But there was a very active infiltration in the United States that was so obvious that they, you know, this was something that was shared, that we got to take care of this. And, um, you know, we words like family, right? The family is, is now been reconstructed. So, yeah, we do need to, we do need to go back to family. I think family is at the heart of it. I, John Paul II called the family the cell of society it all once that breaks down you can do anything you want to fix an individual problem but if you haven't you know set the family up so that that's in order you're not you're not going to correct the problem and i think that that's why um you know some of our spiritual discussion is so important right because when we talk about anti-christian sentiment really at the root of that is anti-christ right so we can start looking for that anti-christ like in the book of revelation and fail to see that we have antichrists all over the place and uh, so all of the institution particularly the media i mean because the media is very clearly uh, been adulterated so that it doesn't present truth it becomes more of a mouthpiece for the very things that we're trying to defend against so that's, right. that's my, my thought. I want to kick it over to Joe, but I want to. One of the things that makes me laugh about the left, okay, um, is that you know McCarthy was such a bad guy. You know, he put he he accused people of being communists in Hollywood because there were there were the Hollywood Ten. They were communists. I got news for you, okay. And I always remind people too. Uh, you like JFK? You like Bobby Kennedy? They fought against communism too. Okay, and at right there, House on American Activities Committee. Okay, so so spare me that it's just these right wingers that are worried about communism, because people like John Kennedy, who people forget was an America firster, by the way. All right, or earlier on. Okay, um, you know you'd have to criticize him too. Joe Rasinello, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the modern patriots, because they're out there. We started the show talking about Jason Rivera, the 22-year-old cop that got gunned down in Harlem. He's a modern patriot. He grew up in Inwood. He's serving the people he lived with. He gave his life to serve them. He was on a domestic violence call and he was shot down. There are plenty of people who are modern patriots. Now, what is something they all have in common? Then I'm going to kick it over to Dan. I'm, I, I want to hear his comments on it. They understand authority. You see, what does a cop understand? I have a superior. He tells me something. I got to do it. What do when you're a Catholic? What do you understand? Authority, authority of the church. Why does the church have authority? Because Christ established it, and He rose from the dead. And until someone else rose, rises from the dead, I'll listen to them. Until then, I'm listening to the church, because that's the way to heaven. We have authority, and that's what modern patriots understand. Who oh, Rasinello, you like using dirty words and naughty words like authority all the time. How dare you? Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dan, where do you want to go with that? Uh, well, I, I, I agree with that. In fact, it's, it's a, a great point that, that I, I want to reinforce by saying that there are a lot of modern patriots, and we don't know most of their names because modern patriots are not necessarily just heroes that we read about uh, uh, and sometimes in tragic ways, like we, we were just talking about at the top of the show. Modern patriot is anybody who keeps their family together. Modern patriot is anybody who gets the whole family to go to mass every week. Uh, a modern patriot is someone who understands that there are standards within the community and respects those standards and teaches their kids to respect those standards. It, it goes back to that authority question. It is a dirty word. It's a dirty word because a lot of people, let's face it, including a lot of people who would be surprised to hear themselves characterized this way, a lot of people are anti-authoritarians. 
at heart, they want to go for themselves. They want to do an end around, around the, those institutions in the middle when it's convenient. And that's down to even little things like, I don't feel like going to mass this week. Ah, does it really matter? Well, if your kids see you saying, does it really matter? Your kids are going to internalize that message and you do it enough and you have sent a very, very powerful message. So the modern patriots are the people who understand this connection between the Judeo-Christian roots of our society and the, the way that we have to keep reinforcing the those authoritarian, if you will, institutions in the middle to keep things running. If we don't, it won't. That's right. That's right, Dan LaRoy. Dan LaRoy and Frank Moore joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe Waite in the breach. Frank Moore, societies in the past. My fr I went out for breakfast a year, like it's got to be over a year ago with a friend of mine. He said to me, he goes, why, why were they able to do it? 30, 40, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Well, your parents, my parents, Joe Resinello's parents, why were they able to do it? And nowadays, it seems like, you know, people can't get out of their own way. Why did they have eight kids, seven kids, 10 kids, and they were poor immigrants? Why? I, I said, the only thing I could come up with is they, they had an idea of sacrifice. They understood what it means to give of self. Dan Leroy just mentioned selfishness. You have, you know, fathers, unfortunately, out there. None of us are perfect men. Let's be clear about that, okay? But we understand the need to, to be a good role model, okay? And that's going to require uh, our children to see uh, sacrifice on our part. Dan, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Frank Moore, talk about the need for self-sacrifice in this whole, let's say, uh, resurgence in America that we're trying to foster. Well, I'm going to say, Joe, you're throwing out a lot more of those dirty words. Uh, you know, sacrifice, self-discipline, some of these principles that uh, we were brought up with, they're not, uh, <laughs> we're not seeing these things being, um, uh, well, let me give you a quote. Ale Alexander Solzhenitsyn gave a speech at Harvard in 1978. Uh, and it's an interesting thing to note is that uh, it was not a well-received speech, but uh, I'm going to give uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn the nod here because uh, Gulag Archipelago, some of the things that he had to endure, it's, it's good to take a look at yourself or look at yourself uh, from the vision of somebody from the outside. And he said that uh, one of the things that's lacking in the West is courage, a noticeable courage. He said, now, while there are many courageous people out there, they don't have any kind of an influence on the society because the people that we have now running the society are not courageous and they act uh, they act uh, tepidly and so um uh i don't know if i'm answering your question but uh, because obviously you know the catholic church and 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 our moral teachings and the catechism they all talk about our self-discipline right they all talk about looking outside and serving your neighbor um but uh you know if you look at like family uh, that, that word has been changed now, is that an accident? Are we just uh, trying to be inclusive? I don't think those things change. I mean, I've had right. a lot of debates with West Point cadets where they're, they're, they want to hear the, uh, they want to hear the old fashioned, so to speak, definitions of these words. No, I, I agree, Frank Moore. And, and the thing is to make a little comparison and I'm going to kick it over to Joe. We, we want to make sure we cram in as much questions as we can for Frank Moore and Dan Leroy. Um, the way I look at it is this, uh, the greatest generation, all right. So at some point in the past, I thought that was like kind of overstating it. I don't anymore. After Pearl Harbor was bombed, how many men, married men, fathers went and joined the army? OK, they understood the need. Nowadays, you can't get men to cancel Netflix. You can't get men to cancel HBO. Not even willing to do that. But they shed their blood in Japan, you know, in, in, in the Pacific and in Europe. OK, just not long ago. All right. Not long ago, historically speaking, and we won't we won't even sacrifice this much. That's the root of our problems. Joe Racinello. I want to talk about this motto, E Pluribus Unum, Latin for one from many. This was proposed for the great seal of the United States by John Adams, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. Sadly, that's lost today. Clearly, we're a nation of many different people. We live in New York City. I mean, gosh, I grew up with Korean kids, Filipino kids, black kids, Spanish kids, Portuguese kids, Italian kids, Irish kids. I mean, all of us are different, but we all had a common goal. 
We all believed in the United States. We believed in the dream to better ourselves. No one believes in that anymore. Also, we lost the ability to agree to disagree. And we don't do it well anymore. I say that's because we threw God out. Because let's be honest, as Catholic men, if someone doesn't agree with me, that doesn't mean I club them over the head with a stick. You know, talk about that first, Dan. I mean, because you work with kids, and I'm sure you see it. You know, Dan's a teacher. I mean, we can't agree to disagree anymore. No, it, it's true. And it goes to the idea of there are lots and lots of groups. There are lots and lots of groups that are centered around you know, identity politics. And, and what that essentially means, uh, I think, is you find a group of people who all want the same thing that you want, which is, once again, to go back to that same analogy, to be liberated from the institutions in the middle. I find a bunch of people who want to be liberated in the same way from the institutions in the middle. We form a group and then we petition once again the state. We try to bypass everybody in the middle. And it's a very powerful thing when you find people who are, and this is probably an unkind way to put it, but I got to put it this way, united through the same selfish goal. That's a very powerful glue that can hold people together, especially when you're trying to get past you know, the, the institutions in the middle. But to apply that to a bigger idea, how, how do we get people to apply this and to be uh, uh, receptive to the idea, hey, we're all of these different groups are really uh, ought to be united toward this one goal? Well, Joe, you said it. Uh, when God is nowhere in, in that goal, in that objective, it's going to be very difficult to do it. And, you know, the, to go back to the beginnings of this conversation, the idea of patriotism, the idea of America as an exceptional place without wanting God to be part of that all, I just don't think it works. It's no wonder we can't be united toward that goal because we've taken out the most important parts that united us. Dan Leroy and Frank Moore joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. That's the problem. Joe made a good point. He's bringing up e pluribus unum. Frank Moore, I want your comments on this. Dan's mentioning these groups that you get splintered off into, but but the identity that that that, that the group perceives himself many times is okay. It has a, it has some you know there's some reality there. Let's say a, a black group, a group of black people. Okay, but that's not your identity. Okay, we're, we're being led down this road where you got all these disparate groups all having a different identity. There is no unity. Okay, if they killed us sooner or later, they start killing each other because that's the way leftist revolutions work. Frank, what are your thoughts on this? But I do want to say we have one more question we want to ask the both of you. So we want to leave a little bit of time. We've got a couple minutes on this one, Frank Moore. Joe was say saying that, you know, uh, we've lost the ability to agree to disagree. And uh, when, you, when you're following God, you realize that uh, there's a lot less room uh, to discuss disagreement because uh, he's narrowed the whole conversation quite a bit. Uh, when you throw God out of it, then everything's on the table. You know, and, and part of the problem, you know, you take a look at the southern border. You have a, an, a pouring in of people that don't really know why America is exceptional. Right? And that's why, you know, you read St. Thomas Aquinas in talking about the need and the moral uh, right of nations to have a sovereign border so that people that are visiting, even though they talked about it in ancient uh, Judaism, people that are visiting and decide to stay actually have to spend time to actually understand why where they have now moved to is exceptional. And, um, you know, just that Fathers had, and we can beat it to death. And I, I don't know if we are ever going to return to that. But to give you an idea, in 1777, the Congress actually requisitioned the purchase of 20,000 Bibles. So when we talk about freedom of religion, their viewpoint about what religion is was very specific, and it was Christian. It wasn't in, involving an entire world of religion because, uh, to be frank, the, um, the idea of freedom itself of the individual is uniquely Christian. 
is not defended in other faiths. And so, you know, we we need to have that discussion in in the open about why these things matter. And I don't think we can do that today until that we actually look and appreciate what it is that we came from. And, uh, you know, if you have an uh, inpouring of people coming in from other countries, for whatever reason, um, you start to water down the discussion so much. And there's so much uh, there's so much at stake that you, you lose touch with where we came from. So you know, let it let that be the beginning of that that answer. Yeah. So Joe, uh, Joe, we have about five minutes. You had a great question about salt and light. I want to throw that out to you. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. The idea of being a good patriot and a good Catholic. You see, it's gone. And I'm going to give you an example why it's gone. I'm Catholic. And I like to think I'm a good patriot. Why? I pay my bills. I work. I follow the laws. I love this country. Why would someone say I'm not a patriot? Because I believe in traditional marriage. The woke class looks at me as a Catholic man because I do not partake in their ideas of marriage, nor can I say that in political company anymore, uh, like polite company. I believe in traditional marriage. If I say that at my job, I'm fired. How is that possible? How is that possible? I am no longer in the view of the work, the woke class, a good citizen, because I'm Catholic. How are they wrong? We know they're wrong, but I'd love to hear Dan's comments on that and then Frank, because frankly, there is a large swath of Americans, one of which uh, Hillary Clinton called deplorable, that we're not good citizens. And that's a lie. Dan. Our, our president, they said the same thing. Guys, just as a heads up, because we want to give a little time for you guys to talk about your book, uh, or not to talk about you, but to tell people where to buy it. So we got about a minute or a minute and a half each on how we could be salt and light in this culture. We're not deplorable, as Joe said, or as Hillary said. Um, we are. We can be salt and light. So Dan, to you, then to Frank. Salt and light, I, I think we, we the cultural currents are discouraging any way you look at it joe you just gave a good uh, summary of why that's so we have to put that aside and we have to do the best we can defending our little patch of ground we have to be the best catholics we can be if we're the best catholics we can be we will be patriots we will more important be examples to those other people we got to win hearts and minds one heart one mind at a time. It's not pretty. It's not glamorous. It's not a lot of fun, but it's the only way I think this stuff gets done. Dan Leroy, I'm going to disagree with you because conversations like this are a whole lot of fun. <laughs> you know, we want to be short in life, but we want to enjoy it while we, you know, we, you know, it's like a bunch of guys. The only thing missing here is everybody has a glass of scotch where you know, we're going to go out for a few That's hours. True. Next time. Uh, <laughs> next time. Next time we're going to pour a little Johnny. Uh, Frank Moore, your thoughts on that? Well, uh, let's not forget about the power of prayer, whether it's private, public. Uh, we need to really, really trust in God. And I think that uh, that begins with praying to him and uh, and throwing our problems right right on his lap where he wants them. Uh, that's probably you know part of the thing that the founders, when you read their, uh, their statements, public statements, calling for prayer, fasting, and humiliation, and things like that, um, they made it very clear. So, you know, we're not going to get that from leadership today, but as Catholics, we are leaders. All right? We have everything. We have the fullness of the faith, and uh, we need to pray. We need to let people see us in prayer. We lead, uh, need to let them see us relying in faith on God. I think that's part of what the, the March for Life and some of these things are actually taking hold today because you can't you can't live a lie and eventually it starts to unravel, you know, because there's a, a house that's built on sand gets washed away in the storm. And that's, uh, you know, and a house that's built on a solid foundation. I think people can recognize that that house is standing and they want to be in that house. So I think right. that's where we go. Frank Moore, I want to I want to just give you one example of that, and then I want to let you you guys uh, tell our audience where they could buy your books. Um, the statue of St. Louis is still standing; they didn't take it down. You want to know why? The radicals went in there and started calling calling the people that were there a bunch of white people. What they didn't realize: the people that were there that were defending that statue had rosaries in their hands, and they said, "You're not taking down a statue of our saint." All right. And Omar Lee, who was one of the leaders that tried to do that, 
He was faced with something that he couldn't comprehend. These people wouldn't allow themselves to be identified by him and the radicals. They identified themselves correctly as Roman Catholics. That statue did not get taken down. That statue is still being prayed. People are on their knees praying the rosary there, and that statue is going to stand. I think that's a very good example of what you were saying. Frank Moore, where can people buy your title of your recent book, and where can people buy it? Well, unfortunately, my book is available on Amazon. I'm going to look for other options so that we don't have to do this through Amazon anymore. I think Amazon has gotten way too big. But uh, that's where it is. It's called America the Exceptional, Restoring a Wayward Nation's Greatness. And it's really talking, it's connecting the past with today. Uh, and that's where you get it, on, on Amazon. And I also have a website that I'm going to be working on. It's uh, titled americatheexceptional.us. And that should be someplace that I hope in the future people can go to to hear my current thoughts about what's going on. All right, Dale Arroyo, your book and where people can buy it. All right. Well, let me echo Frank's uh, thoughts there. It is on Amazon. It's called Liberty's Lines, the Catholic Revolutionaries who Established America. And it's about Catholic patriots involved in our country's founding. You can't get it on Amazon. You can get it through the publisher, sophiainstitute.com. And you can also get it through my website, danleroy.com. -E I'll be glad to send you an autograph copy. Sign it up however you want. Send it wherever you like. Dan Leroy, Frank Moore, what a pleasure to have you on the show. We know we're going to have you guys back. We could go on for hours about this topic and others. So we want to thank you very much. We want to thank you all out there for listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area by spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Download the app at Veritas Catholic Network mobile app. Uh, and please follow Joe and I at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV. Com. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.